The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hello, Dr. Ray. Hi, Dr. Ray. How are you? I'm sure I'm going to get really good advice from you. Well, I don't know about that. You know, I was looking for a deeper answer. You came to the wrong place. So what do I do? Well, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. This is wonderful advice. This is what I needed to hear. You're right on track with us. You're right on track. Everybody make a mistake. Does that comfort you? No. Am I close? No. You are the best thing that has ever happened to people. Did I make you feel a lot better or what? No, you made me feel worse. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Only show on all of Catholic media that can take days off your purgatory because I can be so irritating to listen to. And if you get more irritating, it's to your benefit. You get more days off of purgatory. Don't really know how to calculate days when there's no time, but that's the way we got to talk because we're time bound. This is Dr. Ray. I got to tell you, if you permit me to brag a little bit, you know, people think I'm the Mr child-rearing guru, not really, but, but there were moments in my fatherhood where I felt I was connecting with my children on just the everyday basic level. For example, once I remember being a good father and I was helping my son, he was about nine at the time, find his M&Ms. He couldn't find them. He had them he had them from Halloween and um they were gone. So I said, "I'll help you. I'll help you, Andrew. I'll help you." And and in a way, I had a little pang of conscience because I was the one who ate them. But I thought, oh, "Okay, I'm going to make up for it by helping him look for them." You know, you got to do these things as a parent. Nice to have you with me. All right, let's take care of some business. I had a wonderful visit Always do when I go to Covenant Radio. Jefferson City, Missouri, the capital, by the way. And Missouri's one of those states where you can you can trip up people who are bragging about how much they know the state capitals. You say, okay, Vermont, Missouri, and they'll go, St. Louis, Jefferson City. But we had a wonderful banquet. They have a they have a uh, an affiliate there. They have a low power FM, but I'll tell you what, you wouldn't know it was a low power FM when you saw the number of people there. Wow! So that was just great, and I ate my money's worth. I go to Golden Corral, so I'm used to getting up and going to my food. But when people bring it to the table, it feels funny. I mean, just sitting there and they bring me the table food. Oh man! So thank you so much, Covenant Teresa and Tony Holman. And Adam Wright and all the really neat people, Mark, who just made it a wonderful visit. Thank you so very much. Good Lord permitting, this Sunday heading down to Marietta, Ohio, right down there on the Ohio River, speaking at the Boys and Girls Club in Marietta. So you can get some information from that if you're interested, Sunday night in Marietta. What else? I'm getting my book here right in front of me. This is uh, this is something that is is not just relevant for the Columbus area. 
although that's probably the, the easiest way to do this. On the 9th and 10th of August, we're going to tape four shows of Living Right with Dr. Ray in the St. Gabriel Radio Affiliate Area at the uh, Dominican University there. They've got us all set up for a really nice room, hopefully a, a big room so we can get a lot of people there. Wherever you're coming from, we got seven or eight affiliates all throughout Ohio, pretty much all the big cities. You know, we got Cleveland and Akron and Youngstown and Canton and Columbia, Columbus and Toledo and and I believe Dayton or the Dayton area and Cincinnati, lots, Marietta. So there's a whole bunch. Uh, if, if you're interested, Columbus is very centrally located, not all that far. So if you would like to be part of the audience, the audience is fun. Trust me, you'll have a good time. I guarantee it. Bring the kids. You want to stay for two shows because you traveled? Go ahead. August 9th and 10th, 5 and 7 p.m. Come to 1, come to 2, come to 3, come to 4. Go to St. Gabriel Radio, S-T, S-T, St. Gabriel Radio, dot com. And you can sign up. should be right there on the home page as it's rotating through. Got it. Thank you. I was sitting in a conference for a child, an older child, 16, 17. And it had the, the standard bevy of mental health people. One of the counselors there weighed in. We all know that if parents set their standards too high, the child will rebel. Now, aside from that being a ridiculous overstatement, I wanted to say we we all don't know that. But I didn't. My inner child was screaming to say something. But my adult said, be quiet, be quiet. This is something that is so ludicrous. But ironically, it's gotten so much spread among people. Now think, think about this a second. Let's just, let's just analyze this as logically as we can. If you have high standards, if you're trying to teach your children to live according to morals, responsibility, above the norm now, and that, that's what this counselor was implying. If you don't fit in with the norm, if your kid's an oddball because you are expecting very good behavior, the very thing that you want is going to be your undoing. You got that now? My grandfather had a, let's see, what did Papo have? He had a third grade education. Came from Italy. If somebody would have told him, Angelo, you have, uh, you have high standards for your son, Nicky, my dad. Uh, you realize Nicky's going to throw off those standards when he becomes an adult. My third grade educated grandfather would have looked at him like, are you nuts? That's one of my goals is to have high standards. Why would I not? 
Now, I will acknowledge that maybe when somebody says something like that, they are saying, if you have inflexible, intransigent, unloving standards, then your kids could spit them out as they get older. Okay, I got that. You know, standards without love is, is a problem. But in a loving home with affectionate parents who expect standards above the norm, you cannot mistreat your sister in any way. Well, I don't want to have too high standards. Okay, I'll tell you what. You're allowed to push her down twice a week, uh, insult her five times a week, but that's it. I don't want to have standards that are too high. You can't misbehave at school. Well, okay, you can, but once a week. Just limit it to once a week. I don't want to have standards that are too high. Now, this doesn't mean that the standards are going to be achieved. It just means that's the goal you shoot for, and you'll have to deal with it when the child, as well as you, don't get there. But this notion is so ridiculous. It's so absurd. But it's promulgated by the mental health types. And many of you listening are already feeling out of sync with the culture. You know that. So, therefore, are your standards too high? Are your children or your grandchildren going to rebel? Make them go to church, you know. High standard. Weekly mass attendance. You realize that you're just, you're just elevating the odds that when they're 21, they're going to leave the church because you made them go. Too high a standard once again. Should have left it up to them. It amazes me how things so ridiculous can become so infused into our culture. Like mantras. They're just said. If your standards are set too high, your children are going to rebel because they can't reach them. Well, of course they can't reach them. Nobody can reach perfect standards. But that's the standard you go with. If you're not allowed to be disrespectful to your mother under any terms, is that too high a standard? No, that's your standard. That means when someone is disrespectful, you're going to do something about it. It doesn't mean, therefore... I expect at all times in every way that you will never, ever, ever be disrespectful because that's dumb. Kids are going to be disrespectful. you got to do something about it. But the standard is still in place. It's what to strive for. If I don't want to lose my temper, ever, well, that's a standard. It's a perfect standard. No temper loss ever. Now, Does that mean I will never lose my temper? Of course not. You're going to. But the standard is there. It's in place. We all know that when parents put their standards too high, their children are going to rebel. Well, then you better just not put your standards too high. You know that, don't you? That's right. Because you'll defeat yourself and you'll just make your kids rebellious. Uh-huh. 877-573-7825. 57 equal is the number. Definitely want to hear from you. You folks make the show. You do. 
just like you make the TV show. They can get other hosts. They don't need me. We can't get other you. He is only one of four popes honored as the great. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Leo I was pope at a time when Roman civilization was being overrun by barbarian armies. He stood as a light in the darkness and even saved the city of Rome from destruction by Attila and the Huns. Leo died in 461. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plan, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Thank you so much for joining me. 877-57-EQUAL. Call anytime during the program. You pretty much have an equal chance of getting on. Ashley from Iowa was on the phone last Friday when we did a live show. And she is calling in. Uh, Apparently this wedding could be coming up sometime in the near future. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Dr. Actually, it's not. It's far off. But I'm trying to set up a standard, but I'm afraid what will happen if it's not what, what I, if I have to follow through. Um, so anyway, I have four boys. And I like the way I'm you said that, think. Ashley. You know why? Because what? you, in that one question, detailed the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the matter here. On one hand, you want the standard, but on the other hand, you know people are going to get mad at you for the standard. Right. Yeah, I know. Ain't that always the way it is? Mm-hmm. Four boys. Mm-hmm. One four of them boys. I'm going to assume is same-sex attracted. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm wrong again. All right. Andrew, mark that down. This is the first time I've been wrong since uh, 2017. Yeah. So how are the four? Oh, I know the four boys are going to go to this service. Well, 
I'm I'm having I'm getting the cart ahead of the horse here, but um, now it wasn't you. It was going, me, Ashley. It wasn't oh. you. I did it. <laughs> well, I I did just recently decline going to my my cousin's wedding because she was baptized and confirmed in the Catholic Church. And then um, the other factor that bothered me was that she was having two male bridesmaids. And so I just declined that I didn't feel like I could celebrate that choice because I feel like I was encouraging her as a lost sheep or as a prodigal daughter. Um, And so then I felt like once I kind of set that standard that my boys are actually 10 and under. (laughs) Oh, they're not paying any attention. (laughs) They probably don't even know they have a mother half the time. But I've been praying for their future spouses, and I just, I just after I set this president, it kind of my husband and I were discussing of the standard that we want to set for our children, and and teaching them this now. That way, it's not like a surprise when they meet, you know, a girl that they want to marry, that they know our expectations are that if they've been baptized, confirmed, that we value a sacramental marriage. And it's actually, under my understanding, that's not even valid if it's not blessed by the church. Um, well, but, it, it, but it makes it, me nervous because okay. what? Well, the question of your kids under ten is it indirectly you teach them because right now you're just you're just raising them right. in a faith directed home, so you don't have to get into the whole issue of well, which which weddings can you attend morally and which ones can you not? That that's something that isn't going to be directly dealt with probably for quite a few more years. But indirectly, you'll be teaching them what the church teaches about marriage, about relationships, about all of that. So that's not a worry. Um, you, you, The question here, it says, should I go to a child's same-sex wedding? Do you have one coming up? Oh, no, I think you got that wrong. It was just... Uh a child's wedding if it's not in the church like if it's okay um you know often right now the craze is to do like a destination wedding or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah i think that was a, a typo but um but yeah so it just it's just my concern just the dynamic of you know my son meeting the girl who the girl often plans the weddings and just the dynamic of the mother-in-law daughter-in-law dynamic that I didn't know if it would be like considered like manipulation or like emotional blackmail to say, you know, that this is kind of our, you know, our, you mean to your kids? Yeah. My boys. I wouldn't worry about it now, Ashley. Well, I know, but like I said, since I, you can always let the kids know when you think the timing is good that that's why you didn't do that. And you can explain yeah. to them your thinking and the church's teaching. Right. You can do that, sure, of course. Uh, there's. Well, I guess what I'm asking you, too, is just if I even made the right decision with my cousin, if that is... I have, I have seen and heard priests come down uh, a couple directions on that one. One is... Yes, if this person proclaims being a Catholic, but yet they've just decided to do the service their own way, you can't witness that. You can't go there. I've heard other priests, very orthodox too, 
who would say, you really got to weigh the damage. You really got to see what would happen. Would it destroy that relationship? Is it a, a really close relationship? Is it your own kid? Okay. Um, so, so in fact, what are the parameters of all this? Now, I'm not trying to weasel out of this question. And I'm certainly not trying to trivialize how important a sacramental marriage is, especially for those who claimed at one time to be Catholic. But what I am saying is that your conscience said don't go. So therefore, you obeyed your conscience. And that's perfectly fine in church teaching. Absolutely. Your conscience was formed and shaped by church teaching. So you decided no. On the other hand, if you would have said, oh, boy, this is this is tough because because the fallout, the repercussions, my 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 mother-in-law will not talk to me anymore, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You could, according to what some priests have told me, find a way to say, well, all right, I'm going to let them know how I believe about this. But at the same time, I will just quietly attend. So, I know I'm, I'm giving you both sides of the coin that I've heard. Sorry for the mixed metaphor. But the bottom line is, you did nothing wrong at all by saying, I'm not going to do that. Now, how much blowback did you get? Um, not as bad as I had expected. I was really nervous about it, actually. And... Uh... Actually, it went a lot better than I, than I than I thought than I ever could have expected. My but, son uh, was asked yeah. to be I the just... best best man in a friend's wedding, who is Catholic. But his wife said, "No way, we're not having a Catholic ceremony. We're having a ceremony like this." So my son said, "I'm sorry, I I can't do that. I can't be the best man in that." Well, unfortunately, it took quite a while for the repercussions to settle, and in some respects, they're still not settled. But my son had to do what he thought was was right and best, and he he, he took a heat. That's well, that's comforting to hear someone else, you know, witness to their faith. That I, like I said, I had a lot of anxiety in in making that decision um, if I was doing the right thing or not. Oh, um, wait a minute now, hold on a second, Ashley, you used the wrong word there which is the right thing. It was the right thing because it was an informed conscience choice on the basis of your understanding of church teaching and morality. So it wasn't a matter of was I doing the right thing. You were, you were doing the right thing. The question is, was it the right thing in its repercussions? So as it sounds, not too many people wrote you off. Um if in fact you're going to get written off by very close people, maybe your mother, okay, maybe this is your sister getting married and your mother is just devastated that you might not be there, then you got to, you got to weigh it and you got to maybe talk to your mom and say something like, Hey mom, you know that this is not something that I would support or witness to, but I don't want to create massive family conflicts and rifts and have my sister sob during her wedding rehearsal dinner. So here's what I've decided to do. 
Now, I've I've heard some priests say that 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 would be acceptable. Okay. All righty, well, my dear. Thank you, Dr. Aiden. I appreciate your, your guidance. You're welcome, Ashley. Thank you. Yeah, it's interesting. I thought because the, the way that it had set up on the on the on the board where it was the same sex wife. There's no question on that. You can't go to that. You can't say, well, that's going to cause all kinds of problems. No, nah, it no matter, no matter. That is something so far removed. There's no wiggle room in that in the church's teaching that this is not in any way a marriage. So for Catholics who follow the church's teachings, you can't go. 877-573-7825. Want to hear from you. As Catholic parents, we know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day. Get expert help with discipline issues. Self-care. Creating a stronger marriage. Living your faith at home. We're just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources. Check out entertaining videos that teach your kids to get along with each other and love the Lord. Downloadable activities. Monthly live parenting Q&As. A supportive community of faithful parents. And tons of other benefits like our exclusive Catholic Home Podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Remember, that's CatholicHOM.com. We can't wait to to see see you there. there. Sixty on ten with Monsignor Charles Pope. The ninth commandment: You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. We already discussed in the sixth commandment the problems of sexual sins themselves, but what the Lord is teaching here is rooted in the word covet. To covet means to inordinately or inappropriately desire something or someone, and in this case, the Lord is saying to us that we are in no way to covet, to look with lust at another person, particularly our neighbor's wife but others in general, and that therefore all pornography and things like that have to go, all entertaining of lustful thoughts has to go, and God can help us by his grace to do that. And Therefore, in this commandment, he summons us to take authority over our thought life and our sexual passions. The ninth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. For more about the Ten Commandments, visit EWTNRC.com. Nice to have you with me, Dr. Rigorandi, 877-57-EQUAL. Let's go to Jeanette, who has found out what her teenage son is doing to his boss and hasn't been fired yet. Maybe it'll be coming. Hi, Jeanette. How are you? How are you, Dr. Ray? I'm doing fine. Thanks. How do you know your son's being rude? Um, I stumbled across it. I went to pick him up um, from an orthodontist, for an orthodontist appointment yesterday, and I stepped in the office and I said, hey, time to go. And um, his boss said something to him, 
his boss can sometimes be inappropriate or he thinks he's funny, but he's he can't tell if he's joking or not. And he goes, hey, where do you think you're going? I could tell he was being funny. Um, and he continues, as I'm walking out the store, the fellow keeps talking, and my son is following right behind me. And we exit the building, and I turned to him and said, was, was he still talking to you? And my son's like, yeah, rolled his eyes. And we continued <laughs> um, to the car. And my concern, I kept my mouth shut just because I wanted to. I, we do have very high standards, and I wanted to jump on him at that point and say, what, what on earth do you think you were doing? Um, but I kept my tongue because he is a very smart kid. He is a very polite kid, and I just wanted to figure out what I should say. I mean, if his boss is genuinely being a jerk sometimes, um, do I? Now, I, the way I was raised is you stand there and wait with a smile on your face until your boss is done talking, and then you go. Um, I, I don't know if that's the right thing to tell him to do. I, I honestly know. Are you saying that's that you I thought call. it was rude that he walked out while his boss was still teasing him? Yes, I did. Mm, fuzzy. It's fuzzy. Um. Did he roll his eyes directly at his boss? So the oh, boss... no. He okay. he rolled his eyes as we were leaving. I mean, his boss was still behind him talking as we were leaving. I didn't realize it. I thought he might be, because he came out of his cubicle, I thought he might be talking, the boss might be talking to somebody else. But Samuel's like, oh, I just said sorry. He, he, um, he, uh, he, he rolled his eyes to me like, oh, he's doing it again. Does your, so he was rolling his eyes to me but not say, at me because I asked the question. Does your son say the guy's hard to take? Um, so I, I'm familiar with this fellow, and he is older, so um, in his 70s, I would say. And like I said, sometimes he rambles on, sometimes he thinks he's funny, it's hard to tell whether he's joking, and that just really gets on my son's nerves. Well, your son doesn't do anything about it, as far as you know. I mean, he's not disrespectful to the guy, is he? Well, I think that turning, or like if someone's talking to you and they, <laughs> they walk out the door and close the door, that strikes me as being disrespectful. Okay, Even then. Even if the fellow is being what uh, my son would consider as inappropriate. Well, I suppose you could tell your son, you know, hey, you walked out on him while he was still talking. Don't do that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now, now, on the other hand, I'd ask him, I'd say, what do you do when he does that? What do you do? Well, I just stand there and listen to him. Do you do anything that's demeaning? Do you roll your eyes? Do you go, yeah, right? Do you go, <sighs> do you do anything like that? Okay. And if he says, no, I feel like it, but I don't. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. That's exactly what you need to do. Because you're going to run up against a lot of people in your life. This is just the first one. You can tell them, this is just the first one other than me. That's like that. Okay. So you you can tell him, son, I don't want to get wind that you're rude to your boss. Because I'll tell you, I might go in there and tell your boss, do what you got to do. Whether it's suspend you for two weeks Worst case scenario, fire you. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. you're not you're not going to do that, son. You're not going to do that All to right. your boss. He is who he is, and he is the boss. 
So you, you're what you're saying is I don't like his personality. That's so what? what he is saying. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what? Right. I don't like my personality either, but I'm not rude to me. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. I, I think. I think. I think it sounds like your son is respectful, but what he's doing is he's right on the edge. And you're afraid, okay, a little bit more of this, you're going to slip over the edge. Right. I think you might want right. to You might want to do a little preemptive nagging, which is don't don't <laughs> I'm do this. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I know. Hey, I admire you. Don't do this or else. Okay. All okay. right. And you know, you want to really get extreme? Jeanette, you you could do this. Your son will probably get all shook up. You could go in and sit down and just say, hey, typically what I do as his mom is wherever he goes, whether it's school or activities or church, wherever, I always talk to the people and say, how is he doing for you? You can do that. Go into his boss. Say, How's he doing for you? Is he respectful? Is he reliable? Can you count on him? How's he doing for you? Anything I need to handle? Yeah. Yeah, you'll send, yeah, you'll send, your, you'll send your son that over that the edge. Down. You'll send your son over the edge. I can't believe you <laughs> did I? that. I can't believe you did that. Well, believe it, because I did it. Right. Right, sure. I see. Fair enough. I think my first instinct was, was right then. Um, I just overthought it. Yeah. Well, thank you very I mean, much. Yeah, it, it wasn't... I, you know, you could make the case that, ah, oh, we didn't know he was done talking. I really didn't hear him. He's done talking. Or, Mom, we would have had to leave because he talks on forever, and I never would have got to my orthodontist appointment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right? But you just don't want it to be a pattern, and that's what you should Exactly. You don't want it to be a I pattern. I think that's the point I wanted to get uh, through to him, that this is unacceptable, regardless of whether you, um, you know, he, you find this... Um, Tedious, etc. Um, this is just a skill that you're going to have to you're going to have to have as you enter the adult world. Well, Jeanette, I figure or he knows that he knows he shouldn't do that, but it's a matter of well, I'm not sure I want to follow through with it, and that <laughs> that's where you got to yeah. say if I get wind. Okay, okay. Right. I just got to boost that side up then. Yeah, I hope All I was right. re- I hope I was respectful to you. Was I? I wasn't. Uh, you you couldn't it, see me rolling my eyes, did you? <laughs> I could not. Okay. Probably Sounds a good, good. thing. <laughs> Jeanette, thank you. Thank I'll you. T- I'll talk to you. 877-573-7825. Got a couple of comments up there on the old high standards make kids rebel mantra. It's ama- It amazes me how certain philosophies catch hold and they're not scrutinized they aren't looked at with any kind of critical perspective to say wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute does that make sense no it's almost as though you know the old propaganda adage repeat a lie long enough that most people are going to believe it well i think there's a parallel there repeat a piece of nonsense long enough and many people are going to believe it
Why does the Catholic Church value virginity? At the heart and center of all Christian life is Christ the Lord. The Catechism tells us that our bond with Christ takes precedence over all bonds, familial or social. From the Church's very beginning, there have been men and women who have forsaken marriage to follow the Lamb wherever He leads them. Christ Himself has invited certain persons to follow Him in this way of life for which He remains the model. Virginity for the sake of the kingdom is an unfolding of baptismal grace, a powerful sign of the supremacy of a person's bond with Christ. It is also a sign that this bond recalls that marriage is a reality of this present age which is passing away. St. John Christendom puts it well, The most excellent good is something even better than what is admitted to be good. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Americans are curious about the religious devotion of others and are willing to discuss the topic, but most say they rarely have conversations about faith with their Christian friends. A study by LifeWay Research finds Americans are widely receptive to spiritual conversations in a variety of settings. Now, perhaps more than ever, people are open to conversions about faith, yet few Christians actually, Christians, actually take the opportunity to engage in personal evangelism. The reason conversations are not happening about the Christian faith is that Christians are not bringing it up. And I think this is key. Now, this person is not saying we shouldn't be concerned about religious liberty in the sense of, yes, there is great persecution out there. But at the end of the day, it is about the fact that we're not doing enough talking about Jesus. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. to have you with me. A couple gentlemen want to uh, comment. Let's go to Jack first. Vince Lombardi, yeah, coach of the Green Bay Packers from the 1960s when they beat the Cleveland Browns in the 1965 NFL championship. Broke my heart. Hi, Jack. Hi, Doc. I always get nervous saying hi, Jack, but Okay, I'll do that. Uh, yeah, especially I should if say, the, the, yeah, at the not, airport, you don't yes. want to do that. No, I say, hello, Jack. It's probably a better way to say it. Right. Lombardi did say that. You know, who was it? Uh, was it Ray Nitschke who said Lombardi treats everyone equally? He, he Something like he treats us all like dogs or something like that. <laughs> something like that, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he had a bunch of them. And... Uh, I was giving a talk to uh, my uh, high school and uh, in front of the student body, and I, uh, at the end of my talk, I used this quote by Lombardi, uh, trying to get the guys to do their best in whatever they endeavors, you know, they undertook. Perfection is not attainable. But if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. 
With that in mind, Jack, I'm going to ask you to comment on this. Jesus said you must be perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. Is he saying we must be perfect? What What do you think Jesus means there? I think he means we have to chase perfection. I think I, mean, I agree. In other words, go for it. That's your goal. Go for right. it. Mm-hmm. But yet, Scripture's real clear that we are sinners, so therefore, you can't say, you got to be perfect to get into heaven, but at the same time, we're going to acknowledge you're a sinner, so therefore, logically speaking, nobody has gone to heaven. Yeah, it's... Uh... Mother Angelica, I think, once said that uh, you better aim for heaven because you could fall into purgatory. If you aim for purgatory, you might fall further. <laughs> she had good stuff. The woman had good stuff. Yes, she did. But you are right. You are right. The standards in America now make parents who have higher standards the oddballs. They feel like they have less and less support, especially from people closest to them, church members, their own parents, uh, family members, sisters, brothers, who look at the parent who is saying, all right, we we really want to teach our children to seek God as in in every way we can in living their lives, and at that point... That's where people hit them up and say, oh, you're you're over the top. You're just over the top. Kids can't be like that. And if you do that, don't you understand what you're doing to their psyches? I mean, that's the message. Oh, yeah. It truly is. Jack, I appreciate the call. Thank you, sir, very much. You're welcome, Doc. Uh, Thank you for your program. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, sir. Rob from Tennessee, he says he's old. Oh, come on, Rob, you ain't going to be older than me. Hello there, Rob. How are you doing? Okay, sir. So what what is old? When you say Um, I'm old, what is old? I'm 27. How much? You're breaking up, sir. I don't know if you said 77 or 87. Oh, that ain't old. You're just a a pup. Well, okay. I feel like a pup. There you go. You look in the mirror, you go, who in the heck is that? My mind is 25. Whose body is that? Exactly. I know it. That's, That's the way it is. You know, the soul doesn't age. That's the thing about it. Isn't that interesting? The soul is the one thing that doesn't get older. Uh, it, it does not. And, uh, you know, when you keep God in front of you all day long, it really makes it easy. And I'm still working full-time, okay? I still work full-time, although I play a heck of a lot of golf, too. But I'm at Mass every morning. But that's not what I called. The reason why I called is because you are so point-on. My father was a very strict disciplinarian. He didn't really set parameters and consequences that just came along as they came along. But it taught me to set uh, parameters and consequences. And and I followed them to the T, including 
not allowing my oldest daughter to go to a prom one time because she broke one of the parameters, even though they bought the dress, so on and so forth. But where I'm going with this is I watched my son who, uh, when he was in kindergarten or first grade, I got a page, this is back in the days of pagers, got a page from the teacher. I went to school. I called him up in the principal's office with the teacher and the principal. I sat him down and I explained to him. I said, son, I have a job to do. I have a job to go out and earn money so we have a house, so we have clothes, so we have food, so on. You have a job to do. Your job is to sit here and listen to that teacher and do exactly what she tells you to do. By your breaking your job, you've interrupted my job. And then I turned to the principal and I said, do you have a paddle? Yes. But you don't need to use it. I said, yes, I do. So she gave me a paddle. I gave him three, three swats. I didn't hear from anybody again until fourth grade. Never heard from anybody until ever, because I never got a call again. But where I'm going with that is I watched him just last week. My grandson misbehaved in golf camp. My son warned him, you misbehaved the second day. The last day of golf camp, he had to watch his brother play golf on the par three. This is six year, these are six-year-old boys. He had to watch his brother play golf on the par three, and he wasn't allowed to. And he wasn't even allowed to talk. And he wasn't allowed to have the prize for the end of the camp. He Are all your kids a hey, Rob? Rob, got a question for you here. Uh, yeah. Because of that, because of what some parents would think was a gross overreaction on your part, are those grown kids now resentful of you and uh, look back on that like uh-huh. this is this is where you messed me up, Dad? No. In fact, funny story. She had a stepdaughter who's sixteen. I'm out at her house, and she calls me in the other room. And she says, Dad, do you remember when? This is when I didn't let her go to the prom. I said, how could I forget it? Because I was chastised by everybody over that one. I mean, everybody thought I was the biggest jerk and so on and so forth. Anyway, she says, Dad, that was one of the smartest things she ever did. Wow. Uh, insight from the kid. Uh, insight. Rob, I then, thank you. I got to run because I'm past break, but I do appreciate the compliment. I mean, comment. There was no compliment there. I was waiting for it, but it never happened. This is Dr. Ray. Got one last chance to get on. 877-57-EQUAL. See you in a minute. The doctor is in. Now, don't you feel better? Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Do you rely on energy drinks to give you a boost? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Sales of energy drinks continue to grow rapidly, up to $20 billion yearly. 
Manufacturers are often promoting these drinks as a healthy alternative to other drinks like sugary soda and sports drinks. Energy drinks can be low in sugar and calories but are high in caffeine. Some 12-ounce energy drinks have 200 milligrams of caffeine. That's about the same as two Red Bulls, two cups of coffee, or six cans of cola. Drinks have even been included in some school lunchrooms. So what's the big deal? Adults should have no more than 400 milligrams of caffeine per day. And doctors recommend that for kids age 12 to 18, no more than 100 milligrams a day. Under age 12, no caffeine at all. It's easy to bust through these suggested amounts daily. Heart and sleep issues can arise. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on energy drinks at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. I know I've had a lot of rules over the years on this program on who gets on first. And if you disagree with me, you're up. If you are calling from a saint city, you're up. If you have a holy name like Mary or Angel or Faith or Charity, you're up. And now I think I'm going to include if you have a manly name. So Max from Houston is on the line. Hello, Max. Hello. What's up? Uh, so, man, uh, yeah, I wish I could just talk to you for hours, but I, I got to go in real quick. Uh, so I want to understand what's happening um, psychologically behind um, children who kind of defend their parents, even though they they know they're wrong, but at the same time kind of talking mess behind their back. I guess like behind their backs. Um and and I guess I'm trying to understand why that happens, you know. And this is kind of coming from uh, seeing that um, these children also kind of have been like, I wouldn't say abused by their parents, but there's been like abusive things kind of going on in the background. Well, what you're asking in a much broader sense, Max, is why are people inconsistent? On one hand, you're saying that these these grown children defend their parents, but on the other hand, behind their back, they put them down. Is that what you're asking? Right. Right. Well, that's kind of like saying, why aren't they acting consistently all the time? And they don't. They're motivated, obviously, by by other things in each situation. For example, when they're in close contact with their parents, uh, they wanna they wanna keep the relationship up. They wanna look like they're good kids. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to be written out of the will. Whatever their motive is, but then when they're in another situation away from the parents, uh, well, they like the attention they get from the gossip. Or they like to jump on a bandwagon when other people are talking about their parents. So the con- the situation changes. The context changes. 
We're not the same situation to situation. You know, it's like the it's like the wife who says he is so wonderful at work, but I'll tell you what, he's not the same guy at home. Or the parent who says my 6-year-old is a demon seed at home, but the teachers love him. So when the situation changes, people's behavior can change. Part of being, I think, a God-seeking, Jesus-following individual is that your your behavior stays good no matter the situation. Easy for me to be nice to the people at church, but I got to make sure that I'm also nice to the difficult neighbor lady. Well, the situation changed. I think that explains it, perhaps. What do you think? And 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 then so, what? I guess I'm wondering what's going on in the in 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 the back of someone's head, uh, as far as like defending a parent who like we know is like okay, this is just not this is not right that this parent is doing this, but a ch- a child is that come from like a place of they have to defend that because that's all they the parent is like they they raise them so even if the parent is doing something wrong and and everyone kind of knows it you have to kind of defend that because the parent is the parent kind of like a respecting you're assuming max that because everyone knows it the child also knows it the child may think it's not as yeah. bad as the other people think it is. That's one. Or even if they do think it's as bad as other people think it is, they're not about to uh, be disloyal to their parents. They're going to defend them. Th- this is very common. You see this all the time when people defend bad behavior. That's routine. So you would expect that when they have a close emotional relationship with their parent, they're going to stick up for their parent, even though behind the parent's back, they may turn around and join the crowd. Right. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. I'm never, I'm never shocked by the differences in conduct across context. That's why when, when certain religious leaders have a fall... And people say, but how could he have talked so faithfully and then had lived this double life? And I would say it doesn't surprise me. People people can be different people depending upon the situation. Thank you, Max. And I got to say goodbye to all of you. Again, go to um, St. Gabriel Radio, St. Gabriel Radio, out of Columbus, because we are heading down there in August, to do the TV show. Four TV show spots. And I know Central Columbus is very centrally located, so you can, you're can you not far from any direction. So we got a lot of, a lot of affiliates listening. So uh, 9th and 10th, if you'd like to be in the audience, the uh, season number 13 of Living Right with Dr. Ray, EWTN TV show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Andy Kruchek and Eric Dumont, call Screamer Man. Walk with God. Now, he is consistent across all situations.
For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.